The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, the Isle of Man's main Net Zero progress website. Fastamai, good afternoon. Just after midday on Friday, the 20th of January, this is Max Radio's Man in Line. Beth looking after things still while Andy's on holiday. Plenty to keep us occupied for the next hour. Plans for a new village-style development in Douglas have been unveiled. 133 new homes, four retail units. We've also heard on Manx Radio today from a mother who believes her daughter has been forgotten by Manx Care. As we've just heard in the news, Peel rates are going up and Timwald has also agreed to develop regional sports hubs. Perhaps, though, you've got something else you'd like to talk about. 66 13 68 is the number. It'd be great to talk to you on air. You can also text 166-167 or email studio at manxradio.com. Seven and a half minutes past 12. Just want to go to this message first of all um, that says, Beth raised a very interesting question earlier in the week. What happens to all the parking fines, money, tax, etc.? Some of it, says this texter, gets used to pay one radio presenter to sit at home, one to stand in for him and one CEO of a government department to babysit. Just an observation. I'm not alone. Bet you don't read this one out. Well, you bet wrong. And I can also rest, uh, make you very rest assured that the Home Affairs Chief Executive is able to work remotely. He was able to take part in lots of meetings while also making sure the children were OK. And he is off on holiday. I think you'd agree he is allowed some holiday and I'm not being paid any extra to take on this position. So I hope that makes things a little bit better for you. Um, Some good news. We heard on Manx Radio in the past week about an oncology nurse who was struggling to find suitable accommodation over here, which would accept his dog. And he was actually considering leaving the island because of it. And there was a lovely update that he posted on social media. You might have seen it that says Ronnie and uh, me just want to say a huge thank you to every single person who reached out, sent a message of support or offered a property to us. We were completely overwhelmed with the enormous response we received. We're actually still trying to reply to all of them. However, I'm extremely happy to report we have signed a 12-month contract on a property in Douglas. More importantly, this allows me to stay and work with the amazing staff and treat all the wonderful patients on the Oncology Day Unit. So we are wishing everyone a very happy and healthy 2023. Thank you so much. Uh, Manx Radio actually asked a question about the number of uh, accommodation units available for staff at Manx Care. And we got this reply from government. There are currently 139 units used for staff accommodation, ranging from ensuite rooms to one, two or three bedroom properties. The majority of these are based on the Nobles Hospital site. The latest additions were built to replace the old nurses' home on Westmoreland Road. That site is now being developed by MDC, that's the Manx Development Corporation, and will provide additional 17 flats for staff once complete. Uh, Let's go to that then, because as we've been hearing, plans for a major new village-style development in Douglas have been unveiled this morning. The Manx Development Corporation wants to regenerate Westmoreland Road by building 133 homes, 20,000 square feet of office space and four retail units. A community pavilion will also be built and the scheme, first mooted by the Chief Minister in July last year, will use the latest solar and heat pump technology. Simon Richardson has more details. 
To be known as Westmoreland Village, the development is based on the 20-minute neighbourhood concept, whereby residents' everyday needs can be met locally within a 10-minute return journey from home by walking, cycling or via local transport. Sustainability is at the heart of the concept using passive design principles which use the design of the buildings to minimise energy consumption. MDC is launching a public consultation and inviting input from island residents to help with the design prior to taking the planning application forward. The iconic Crookall House building at the heart of the development will be reconfigured to provide office space. Simon Richardson reporting there. Now, regarding the plans that uh, we've been talking about this morning, we've had this message from Pam, who says, Westmoreland Village, while I welcome new houses for young people, the schools in and around the area, i.e. Balakameen and Henry Bloom Noble Primary School, are at bursting point, not to mention all the other services that people need. Is the infrastructure really in place to support this build. Any other thoughts on that? 66 13 68. You can email studio at manxradio.com or you can text 166-177. Okay, something else we've just heard about in the news is Peel rates. They've announced a rates rise for the next financial year. The town rates currently sits at 264 pence. That will increase to 267 pence in the pound. Chair of Peel Commissioners Vori Heaton says the local authority has kept the rise as low as possible. Peel Commissioners is putting their rates up. Um, Would you like to explain why? Yes, we made the decision this evening at our board meeting that we would increase our town rate um, from 264 uh, to 267 pence in the pound, which is a 1% increase. We're very, very aware that um, many people are struggling um, in terms of uh, the cost of living, particularly in terms of energy charges. So we have kept this as low as possible. This will actually um, increase our budget, the Commissioner budget, by £11,770, um, which we will be using for the good of Peel. There are certain things that we have to maintain in terms of uh, Peel Town, um, and we have kept it as low as possible. Um, last year, we did make an increase of um, 7p in the pound, um, but um, this year we've, we've, we've looked at it in a, in a different way. That's Chair of Peel Commissioners, Vori Heaton. Any thoughts on that this morning? Um, we've had an update uh, on the consultation on assisted dying, or rather a clarification statement from the Cabinet Office. Let me read that to you. The current consultation on assisted dying on on consult.gov.im relates to a private member's bill put forward by Dr Alex Allenson, MHK. Leave to introduce the bill was given by the House of Keys on the 14th of June last year. A private member's bill does not form part of the government's legislative programme. Such proposed legislation is a matter for the promoter of the bill and the branches of Timwald as a parliamentary matter. It's therefore not developed or endorsed by the Isle of Man government and is a matter for members of Timwald both at a policy and legislative level. As a private member's bill, the consultation is not subject to the approach for government departments laid out in the Isle of Man government public engagement and consultation principles. And as a private member's bill, the content of the consultation is a matter for the member in charge, in this case, Dr Allenson. As such, the Cabinet Office is unable to assist with any queries and they should be directed elsewhere.
couple of uh, text messages. Terry's been in touch to say, did you ever find an answer to Will's question about what you do with electric car batteries when they die? Not yet. Uh, hope to have that one soon. And I've also asked uh, for an interview or at least a statement from the fire service this morning just about what happens when there are electric vehicle fires. This texter, ending 505, I'm just going to read it as it is. You can make your own minds up. My name is Wally. I'm organising a party of men to build a 400-foot spirit level up at Jerby to provide new information on the curvature of the Earth. I can assure your listeners the Earth isn't the globe they think it is. It's actually flat. G says, some years ago, a report suggested government should divest itself as services, yet now they're taking over pools, etc. DOI was also going to be broken up, yet nothing has happened. A texter ending 313, the government wage and pension bill keeps growing. And TJ's been in touch to say, did you find out where all the money they get from parking fines goes to? Remember, you were going to investigate. Again, um, just to let you know, I have put that question to the Department of Infrastructure. We're still waiting for a response on that. I suppose it's fair to say we do put in a number of responses, uh, certainly dozens a week to government departments. It can take a little while uh, to get them, but TJ definitely on that one. And Steve says, government don't build houses. People moan there's not enough houses for young people. Doctors, government announce a big house development. People moan we don't have the infrastructure for it. Welcome to the Isle of Man, where people could moan the sun is too bright and the night is too dark. The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, providing a citizen central forum to ensure that your voices are heard. It's nearly 18 and a half minutes past 12. Now, TJ had a question about where all the money they get from parking fines goes to, and uh, it was something that we have asked the department about. I'm delighted to say we're joined in the studio with his former parliamentary hat on by political correspondent Phil Gorn. Uh, Phil, what can you tell us about this question? Well, basically... There's a really important principle uh, in all sort of mature democracies around the world that the, the body responsible for imposing a fine shouldn't benefit from the fine. And, and the reason for that is uh, you know, there shouldn't be an incentive for people to go out and make fines so that they've got extra income. Um, so the income always goes into a central pot um, and uh, it's not directly distributed to the most successful fining uh, people, uh, you know, agencies. So, for example, on a fisheries fine, um, if, if a vessel was fined uh, £20,000, uh, DEFA wouldn't directly benefit from that fine um, because o- otherwise it, it uh, creates that kind of uh, zeal amongst the, the, the prosecutors, the, the, the people going out doing the checking to, to go on and, and fine people because they know they're going to get some extra income and there's an incentive then for them to, to find fault. Um, so, so that's, uh, you know, I think it's a, a pretty much a golden principle of mature democracies that you don't... Uh, gosh, I'm knocking Get the microphone Getting so excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can't talk without moving my hand. Um, yeah, you, you, you don't allow the, uh, the person doing the prosecuting, doing the, the checking uh, to benefit from any potential fine. I mean, that makes sense, actually, when you put it like that. But I suppose there could be an argument for everything that is generated by the roads to be put back into that. And and maybe the public feel that things might be in a better state if that was the way it happened. It's certainly a a, a good point. Um, The... uh, 
certainly in terms of vehicle duty, that's always been the case that vehicle duty uh, was there primarily to 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 fund the uh, the, the roads infrastructure. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, it's really important, I think, that you don't uh, have this incentive for people to uh, who are in responsible positions to actually go out and and just catch people for the sake of catching them uh they, 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 there has to be a genuine reason for this and it shouldn't be a financial reward at the end okay well tj hope that answers the question for you any other questions wonderful six wonderful seven studio at manxradio.com even better though it'd be great to talk to someone on air 66 13 68 did i say that i think i might have said that um let's talk about pools now because what started as a conversation about the future of regional swimming pools on the island in timwald this week could now become something much bigger for government to consider two departments will draw up a long-term plan to create regional sports hubs in the future which would encompass both pool and other sports facilities an amended motion passed unanimously in timwald asking the department of education and the department of infrastructure to create a plan to develop these hubs, the idea being that this would be a newly branded offer of both swimming pool options as well as other sports facilities. So it also includes a commitment from government to continue to financially support the Southern Swimming Pool until future arrangements are set in stone. That amended motion was brought forward by Speaker of the House of Keys and Russian MHK, Juan Watterson. The first thing was to send out a life ring, if you like, to the Southern Swimming Pool Board to make sure that we were able to keep the doors open and the lights on down there whilst these decisions are being made. The second thing was about widening the options. The government's proposal was about the Department of Education, Sport and Culture basically nationalising all the pools. That's a very limited scope. I think there's far more variety of options available to them in terms of governance arrangements for this and recognising that local authorities and ratepayers do have a voice in this as they contribute to the swimming pool boards around the island, but not in the east. I think if that had been the only option on the table, I think it would have been quite divisive. I think that there are some pool boards out there with very good success stories. However, I think there was also a realism that uh, Treasury's not going to have the money to expand some of them and to make them even more viable. That's an opportunity that I think now is, is open to government to look at in terms of perhaps getting private sector investment into expanding some of these facilities and in the south probably looking at what the future facility might even look like and given them it's a very old facility. This all follows a recent report looking into the running of the island's regional swimming pools which among other aspects highlighted the continuing challenges the southern pool in particular is still facing. DESC and DOI will report back to Timwald later this year on the regional sports hub concept. Mr Watson's fellow Russian MHK Dr Michelle Hayward told my colleague Phil Gorn what she thinks should be included in that report. I hope that there is a continuing role for local authority members because because I think that's a really important link. But what I hope is that there's more centrally provided resources in terms of finance, HR and support around those matters, which is not difficult for central government to organise representatives to go into to support boards with that. And then if there's this wider brand offering about sports facilities, I hope it builds into something bigger where we're actually recognising the value of those sports facilities, not just for the well-being of our community, but also for the connections between them and, and how how important sports clubs are for our communities generally. Should the Eastern authorities be paying something towards uh, sports and pool facilities? Do you know, before before this report came out, I, that was my biggest gripe, was that actually there wasn't anything paid by rates. And it is really unfair that you know the Northern Pool is built on land donated by Ramsey, and Ramsey never got let off their paying their pool rates ever. Um, but for the Eastern, uh, you know, 
constituents they don't pay anything towards the pool that's that's on their thing i i think it's um it's like an unfortunate quirk isn't it that actually people don't use the pool that's necessarily local to them that's michelle hayward dr michelle hayward just ending that report there about swimming pools any thoughts on that would be very welcome love fact we've got a text message here we've got two phil gorn what a legend and then fran saying is phil gorn taking over at manx radio every time i turn the wireless on all i hear is him all right, Phil. Uh, this is the man in line. We can go to the lines now and join Jewin on line one. Good afternoon. Bethany, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. Um, just want to jump in on a couple of things I've been listening to um, uh, over the last week or so. And um, uh, the assisted dying seems to be a, a very big and emotive subject. Um, I, I take it from the cabinet minister and the, all the cabinet officers reply this morning that you read out that they've had a or been inundated with a lot of feedback because um, they've kind of distanced themselves from it a little bit with, with their statement this morning. Um, and I, I look at the um, I look at what Julian was saying in, in the last week, and I think you know I think people um, they come on and say, oh my God, that subject again. I think uh, his concerns is I mean this this bill is getting read. Um, next week, I believe, in, in Timble. So um, sometimes it's very time sensitive to get your points over um, on, on, you know, the, the, the way that this could, could go. And I think it, um, he mentioned a few weeks ago, um, which kind of astounded um, the, um, Theresa Cope and, and the other Manx Care members that was on about what had happened in Canada. Um, with the legislation there. And I think it's very, very important that um, primary legislation is looked into very, very carefully by the members before they vote on this, because secondary legislation will, will go through very, very quickly if primary goes through, and then you'll be able to change where this is actually heading. Um, and I think um, because it's such an emotive subject and, and it's, it's very bothering, there's people on both sides of it that, that either for it or against it. I, I think it would be very mindful for, for um, government to actually, or, or someone somewhere, I think there's already been a meeting the other night, actually, um, but a public meeting um, to consider all sides of it more before the members actually make decisions or, or Open their eyes a little bit more. I know Julian does a lot of study, and I think you questioned that the other day, Beth. Um, that he, you know, he does an awful lot of study on on, on a lot of the stuff, and, and quite rightly so. And I think the members should do the same thing. I think the thing we would say, though, June, is that you have to be careful where you're studying and where that information has come from. Um, I guess, as you say, quite rightly, this is an incredibly emotive subject. It is out to public consultation, and. I'm imagining if uh, the comments through to the man in line are anything to go by, hopefully the take-up for that public consultation will have been pretty big. I, I think so, but the problem is with the public consultation, it can sometimes be engineered looking at the questions and the way that they question it um, within, the, within the consultation. It can be engineered into a certain way with, with the questions that, that's put down there and the, the way that you're engineered into giving the answers. Hence why a, a public meeting where people can actually stand up and, and emotively say what they think on both sides, I think would be a, a, a lot fairer way to, to discuss such a big subject. Um, now, moving on from that, um, the, the other thing I wanted to um, talk about before I go off is the, um, the development of West, Westmoreland Road, which was released I think, yes. today. Um, now, um, again, um, it's, it's, where, it's where these things start to head. Um, I think that the whole concept of it is, is good. Um, 
But it, it again, it comes down from. Um, I mean, what we've got on now is the ever-famous, as it is now, the World Economic Forum sitting in Davos, um, which people are now more aligned to knowing about in the last 12 months and never did five years ago. Um, their idea of, um, of a smart city, um, everything within 15 minutes so you can walk everywhere. And I think listening to the Villamarina conference that um, was on some months ago um, with the, um, I think, the... the um, people from Manchester that were there from the powerhouse of Manchester and um, also the um, Douglas development. Um, that's, um, that's really, if you look at Douglas Promenade, that's basically what they want is, is no vehicles in Douglas. And I think that was mentioned there. So people looking at the, um, the, the, uh, the threads on, on Facebook this morning and different places, um, you know, people were saying there's no parking and, and such like, but that's where they want it to go is, is no parking or no cars within the Douglas area. Um, and that's maybe well and good. That's a subject in itself. But again, it's where these things head. If we, if we look at what's happening in Oxford at the moment um, and the leafleting and protesting that's going to go on, I think in February there, about their uh, what the court is and where necessarily government look for their information and their answers i think it all comes you know in, into that with both subjects i've just mentioned wonderful thank you very much indeed you and lovely to talk to you cheers Beth. take Have care you too bye-bye uh that was due in there and talking about the westmoreland village development there is a concept within that it's known as the 20 minute neighborhood concept And this is based on the idea that residents' everyday needs can be met locally within a 10-minute return journey from home by walking, cycling or via local public transport. And the aim, according to the media that was sent out about this development, is to encourage people to become more active, improving their mental and physical health, reducing traffic, enabling local shops and businesses to thrive and allowing people to see more of their neighbours. Would you like to see more of your neighbours? 12.30, 66, 30 and 68 if you'd like to give me a call. Joseph's been in touch to say, I understand the arguments for euthanasia, but I can also see that once in place, the vulnerable, the infirm and the elderly will feel an obligation to die. Nobody wants to be a burden or to be an expense. I mean, what's stopping a distant family member trying to convince another family member to die because they may need their inheritance or can't afford to fund treatments? Through austerity, society and governments have become cold and callous and calculating. Furthermore, what if you're terminally ill but are okay with living on through your illness? Through pressures from an overzealous civil servant, there may be a pressure placed upon that person to end their life. Joseph says, thinking rather about plugging their pension black hole. Finally, what if someone has power of attorney over a person that is ill? Will that ill person still have their say? Eugenics throughout history has only ever affected the poor and vulnerable. I also sense it's more a cost-saving exercise and little to do with compassion and empathy. Billy's been in touch about the Westmoreland road development, at least if this happens. All them wagging somewhere are going to have to hog other places around Douglas. Okay. Um, Sally's been in touch to say there's no mention with this development of recreational spaces for children and adults and parking. Is that only one per home? What about visitors, both social and personal? And Sally also asks where we can see the plans. We're trying to find them, actually. They're not online in the planning yet, but as soon as we have them, we'll put a link on the Manx Radio website. John wants to know if I've got any reply regarding the 2023 railway timetable. Not yet. That's on my list, John. Um, Somebody has messaged to say doctors in the UK are members 
members of the GMB General Medical Council and as assisted dying is illegal in the UK, they can't take part in the process by law. Doctors in the Isle of Man are also ruled by the General Medical Council, so if we made it legal, doctors are still ruled by the GMC, so they wouldn't be able to do it. How would that work? Text ending in 689 says if the earth was flat, cats would have knocked everything over the edge by now. Texter ending 154. This is Jeff. I think Alf Cannon's got some cheek with his rollout plans for Westmoreland Village. He needs to get his act together and finish some of the government projects they've started and never finished. For example, they were given the money for the prom, our money, and the horse trams don't go to the sea terminal anymore. Just one of the many projects not finished. It's an interesting one, ending 666. It's Bob. I've been on benefits for the past 18 months, originally from Manchester. Best move we ever did over here to your beautiful island. Don't understand how people are struggling with the rising costs. Government helped me with any extra cost of living. In fact, even taking the wife away this weekend for a break shopping. Don't understand what all the fuss is about. TJ says um, this is in response to the parking fines again. My problem with this is the amount of the fine. It's far too high. Does anyone else agree that £60 parking fines going to £90 after 30 days issued by authorities are a bit strong in this age of new austerity? Racketeering, perhaps £60 is a week family's food or half of someone's rents. Yes, there should be fines for violations, but isn't 20 going to 30 after 30 days enough? I suppose some people say, though, if there's not a deterrent, people are going to keep doing it, aren't they? Uh, Kevin's been a touch to say could I ask you to ask people parking in shopping car parks to be mindful of the space they leave for others park to be able to get into their vehicles and not have to contemplate climbing over from the passenger seat to the driver's side at the age of 78 yeah it doesn't sound great Kevin um, Robbie says parking fines how much goes to G4S so many bad roads around Douglas have you driven along Albion Terrace or York Road recently um, another text, if you're flat earther, I know he's lonely, but to save a lot of hard work for nothing, get an ordinary spirit level, find a flat surface, place a bowl of water full to overflowing, place a ping pong ball on the edge and tell me what happens. Uh, and Des says, I didn't read all the messages out yesterday, I missed mine. I did actually find some Des that I hadn't read, but I did read them after the show, so apologies for that. Um, a plastic bag question from Dave White. Where does all the money collected from plastic bags go? Why is government so slow to answer? We'll keep hold of that one and ask that question too. John says, I think we should all move to Peel. Their commissioners would seem to be very responsible with the increase in their rates. Somehow, says John, I don't think Douglas will be as responsible. Efficiency is not a word that they understand. Westmoreland Village, it's already very congested around this area, says text ending 901. There's hardly any parking. It causes a lot of stress and anger when people can't park. People will always have cars, regardless of whether they can get public transport. Bob is obviously trying to cause trouble, says another texter. If you're terminally ill and happy to live through your illness, that is your choice. Many people are not happy to suffer horribly. That is their choice. It's all about freedom to choose and another text is saying to the person talking about gmc uk the isle of man is not part of the uk 12 35 66 13 68 if you'd like to give me a call the man in line daily interaction debate and exchange of ideas broadcast on manx radio from midday till one monday to friday the man in line brought to you by netzeromatrix.com the world's leading carbon register and validation ecosystem it is 12.38. Lovely to have your company this lunchtime. Now, here's something we talked about earlier on Breakfast, and it was the mother who's told Manx Radio she believes her daughter has lost two years of ADHD treatment after she believes she was forgotten by Manx Care. The parent, who wants to remain anonymous, is now calling for more investment in child and adolescent mental health services, or CAMS. 
Almost two years since her child was diagnosed with the condition, this mother says it was only after consulting a special educational needs officer in December that she learnt her child needed medical intervention. Senko went off and said, right, have you got your letter from CAMS detailing, you know, have you ever had meds? And I said, no, we never heard anything. So anyway, she went off, had a conversation with CAMS and she came to me after school and said, you never received a letter that you should have done. And I said, okay. And she went, your daughter has got the worst form of ADHD there is and should have been been on medication about two years ago. So that was very difficult for us to to deal with because actually that's two years lost. We ended up calling up CAMS and um, and we ended up going in in December and they were incredibly apologetic. But it it remained that actually she'd been untreated when she should have had medication. So we are now going out for a treatment plan so she will begin her treatment. Knowing that you've lost two years and knowing that now you're getting the treatment but it's going to be another wait. How does it feel as a parent? It's incredibly, incredibly frustrating and actually um, I've been very angry. I'm not angry at CAMS. They are severely understaffed and it's not their fault. This was obviously some sort of clerical stroke administrative error. These things only happen with significant issues within an organisation. Something so important as that as a treatment follow-up should be something that's not just lost in the ether. My understanding is CAMS is extremely understaffed. That's exactly it. There is only one medic up there who can prescribe medication for children so there is a waiting list of at least two years and I know for sure that they're not actually even looking at the waiting list they're dealing with the current role of 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 kids there are significant failures going on here Chanel somebody needs to be held accountable not CAMS Manx Care who have who have not given the funding to that section of our island in order to support the young people where they need it if this was about a load of children in line for insulin, for diabetes, that were not being treated, that were having to sit in a, in a, waiting, in a waiting list for two years, there would be national uproar. People would be furious. So it's no different. It's no different. And actually, there are huge risks to people's health. Something needs to be done. Something needs to be done quickly. I do understand that there are issues with recruitment and retention. We know this, but actually, We're a small island, just sort it out. That was a mother talking to us about her daughter, who she believes has lost two years of ADHD treatment after she was forgotten by Manx Care. We should say we have approached Manx Care for comment, but are yet to receive a reply on this. And we did also have a phone call from another parent this morning whose child has got diabetes and was actually quite upset by that comparison to diabetes there, claiming that diabetes is a, a medical condition which can have very severe consequences if left untreated. But those were the comments and thoughts of the mother that we interviewed. Any thoughts on that? This is one. If you go to the Manx Radio Facebook page and on social media, you will find lots of comments on there. Um, And so if you've got any thoughts that you'd like to contribute to that, then please do feel free. A message here. While you have Phil Gorn, your political reporter there, can you ask him if the comments Andy Wint made last week in response to a call regarding Michelle Moan and Douglas Barrowman that it was a UK story was a personal opinion or is it a Manx Radio opinion? This is Texter Ending. 661, they say. The story uh, is a UK one. It's just regarding people who have links with the Isle of Man, but the story itself and the claims associated with it are UK-based, with no links or involvement with the Isle of Man in that story. We have reported on the story on Manx Radio appropriately. Any opinions on the Man Online do not represent the views of Manx Radio, its staff or its management, it should say.
Dick says, I found it interesting in yesterday's comments by the Manx Cares CEO, this is in the Rosalind Ranson case yesterday, that she would have considered employing others before anyone who had mental health difficulties and was a recognised whistleblower. I think it's fair to say we've got this uh, full story on the Manx Radio website. I'll come to that in just a moment. Um, Dick says they went on to do just that when Manx Care chose not to employ the old medical director but gave the £200,000 plus salary to someone else. Surely this now shows Manx Care were working for six months from when Theresa Cope started. All this before Manx Care, but with their future CEO actually working alongside Dr. Rosalind Ranson, the former medical director, before she was removed wrongly by the DHSC. This must show that they had something to do with Manx Care's decision to not employ her and led her to claim for over £6 million in compensation. Every other person involved in this has been removed from post. Surely it shows the top of Manx Care were involved after yesterday's omission yesterday. Manx Care must be finally held to account for what happened here. Uh, That is an ongoing situation. We're going to have another report on what's been discussed today a little bit later. Um, But yeah, it's an interesting one. And if I can just refer you back to the story from yesterday, the tribunal heard that being a whistleblower could harm a doctor's chances of being employed in healthcare. Theresa Cope, the Manx Care CEO, gave evidence to a remedy hearing looking into the unfair dismissal of the former medical director, Dr Rosalind Ranson. And uh, she was questioned in her evidence. The decision to search for a new medical director in place of Dr Ranson was discussed, as well as the role's salary. And she was questioned about the process involved in that and if... She was faced with two candidates with the same experience and skills, but knew one was a whistleblower and had health issues. Which one would she hire? Mrs Cope said if they scored the same in every area, you would probably choose the candidate that didn't have that background. G says, where does sugar tax go and why is diet pop as costly as sugared pop? It's a long time since I've heard referred to as pop. Um, Andrew says maybe the government aren't completing the horse trams to the sea terminal because they've realised they're a waste of time and money. Oh, you left that late in the programme to start that one, didn't you, Andrew? The prom redevelopment was a perfect time to get rid of them, but instead they bowed to people still stuck in the 1960s. Any thoughts on that? David wants to know, will Manx Development Corporation put Westmoreland Development out of tender, unlike the nursing home? Public money is not being accounted for. Come on, Dr Allenson, please protect public funds. Gary and Ramsey, climate change, smart cities, lockdowns, come on you lot, open your eyes, says Gary. If you accept this, you're either deluded or mad and it's flat. There's more land, but they want us to be slaves and the masters are worried at the moment and that's why they've blagged you with it. Covid and now climate change. Time to open your eyes, everyone. It's Friday, isn't it? Um, This is a a comment about assisted dying from texter ending 805. Everyone's worried about this, but no one, says this texter, seems to be worried about all the DNRs or do not resuscitates that have been put in place. RGP on a house call persuaded my dad to do a DNR. The way it was put to him was not okay. I was not happy about it. But after discussing with a relative in the medical profession, he said it was standard practice. Terry says it's past time that Chris Thomas MHK stopped sitting on his hands and got this year's railway timetable out as people and family members want to book early or late season to keep their fares down and have trips on our vintage railway. 
Uh, Why do you keep going on, says Marilyn, about assisted dying? Dying this and dying that. Haven't we seen enough death over the past few years? Let's live and prosper, not wither and die. There's more to life than death. Keep your flowery language. This is about picking of the poor and elderly. Can't we look into better, more modern palliative care measures? Julian has been in touch about the Westmoreland village as heat pumps effectively double a home's electrical usage. This would significantly add to the electrical infrastructure load. Factor in electric vehicle charging. Each electric vehicle quadruples the home's electrical demand. Will the infrastructure be able to handle Westmoreland village's extra electrical load, assuming everyone or anyone there will be actually allowed to own a vehicle? Texter ending 492 says a glossy leaflet's been put through my door. It has photographs of animals and fish and the accompanying text is plainly against eating and producing meat and fish. Whatever group or organisation or individual has produced this leaflet is not brave enough to put their name on it. There are only references to YouTube videos and Facebook with a string of numbers. Richie says, might I suggest that most people would be in favour of assisted dying if they could have it for themselves. Unfortunately, the noise made by those who rightly fear the potential abuse of such a scheme tends to drown out the majority voice. With regard to any purely religious objections to assisted dying, which don't take account of human suffering, they don't belong in this modern world. Obviously, Mrs Cope wouldn't employ the whistleblower with mental health issues. Why would you? She has to protect public funds, says Eric. And nothing wrong with the 1960s, says Des. And let's just go to WhatsApp as well. 0764 166 177. You can reach us on WhatsApp if you make us a contact. A really easy way to send us a message as I just wait for it to load modern day technology and just waiting for them to just load now. Am I doing a good job at filling? Not really. Maybe I should start singing. Here we go. Uh, the horse trams are the are part of the bigger package. Got to keep our heritage together. I nearly read out your name there. Thank you very much. Why since COVID are they trying to restrict the movement of people? Personally, it would drive me nuts to be within 10 minutes of my front door. This is what the green gender is all about. Control, says Bill. Uh, Bill also says the Isle of Man is part of a UK crown dependency. um, And he checked his passport and he's fairly sure it says UK on it. At least if this development happens. Oh, that's Billy. I think I already read your message out there, Billy. So one double six, one double seven, studio at manxradio.com. Um, Ian says regarding the horse trams, what is wrong? He says also with the 1960s, I'd rather be stuck there than in the 2020s. The island was vibrant then, not the dull, boring place a lot of today's population seem to want to live in, where everything is driven. Uh, let's go to the lines now and join Jed. Good afternoon, Jed. Hi there. I just want to talk about swimming pools. Um, I subjected myself to the dreary debate on uh, Timwald yesterday. Um, what's quite apparent is that these places don't make a great amount of money and you've got to think what the demand is for them. Of course, we need to teach our children to swim and there's perhaps more of the senior population who enjoy swimming. But I think if you think yourself as to now... A lot of people to get fit, they go to gyms, don't they? Say between the ages of 20 and 60. And you're wondering whether the market has shifted that way. And that's why, you know, pools aren't as busy. It's a little bit Victorian in some ways. I might be wrong, but I've not seen any data um, about the usage of pools and the demographics behind it. So I think we'd like to know a little bit more about that. 
um, because I actually think we should be shifting the focus on um, young people playing sport, you know, uh, community uh, games. I think football is a biggie and it's the subject of the shortage of referees that's on my mind at the moment. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, certainly uh, refereeing, it's an incredibly difficult job, isn't it? I'm not sure. I don't know. Would you want to be a referee yourself, Jed? You're volunteering your services? Well, well um, I, I'm involved with the local football scene and I'm not going to kind of pigeonhole things here. But we've got, in, a, in the island community, we've got, I'll say, young men, lads, say between late teens, into the 20s and if they didn't have football perhaps other things might creep in i'm not i'm not like i said pigeonholing but your rugby your hockey your other sports uh, is a slightly different catchment shall i say so what we've got um we've got a fantastic local football scene lots of history we've got the grounds we've got the clubs but we've got a lack of referees and there doesn't seem to be the flow coming into it and I think there is scope for some more encouragement on a national scale for people to do that because it's actually quite good fun. I think if you've got the right approach, the right temperament, the right training, and I think there just seems to be a mechanism. Maybe instead of the ref getting paid £27 or whatever it is, if there's some sort of subsidy where they could be paid a little bit more or there could be some more benefits and a little bit more prestige attached to the role. But I think when we're looking... At community benefits in sport, I'd say top of the tree has got to be football because of the distraction, the diversion, the goodness that it can provide. Yeah, it's interesting. I know the Isle of Man FA were hoping to run some courses for referees last year, but there just wasn't the interest in them, unfortunately, and mm. they were pulled, weren't they? Yeah, and we, we know what goes on around football pitches. So I think, you know, you're a parent yourself and you might go to the football grounds and you can I'm see very well behaved. Perhaps, I'm just going to put that out there now. But you know, you know that there are some referees perhaps put on the back foot and, and maybe they haven't had the training or the encouragement, you know, to be fully skilled, you know, to deal with the, the problems from the sidelines and what have you. And it does take a certain type of person. But I think if this was promoted... I think we could do a load of good and protect, you know, this little social sector, this group of, you know, we'll say, young men, if you like, who, if they weren't doing that on a Saturday afternoon, if they didn't have a whole week to train and aspire to the football matches, then, you know, because we do lose football players, you know, to other things, other kind of what, social um, issues. And I think we've got to capture, we've got to hang on to, you know, this group and this particular sport. I think it's really important because I actually think people that play other sports will kind of be OK anyway, if you if you can read between the lines. OK, brilliant. Thank you very much indeed for getting in touch, Jed. should say uh, we should be encouraging young women as well to be referees, maybe. Um, just a few more texts before the end of the programme. Uh, Ted says, my dad, who passed away last year, supported assisted dying. He had a very painful rheumatoid arthritis towards the end and really couldn't face the pain anymore and he wanted to die. It's easy to judge when it's not you that's in that pain. It should be our right, says Ted, if we want to die, especially if we can't take the pain anymore. Animals wouldn't be made to suffer. Why should we?
Texter ending 200 regarding the Westmoreland Road development. I've seen projects like this in the UK regarding vehicle-free areas. It's great the MDC have grabbed the bull by the horns and are trying to make a development fit for the environment with green credentials. We should be praising them instead of whining about car parking. Don says people laugh at us flat earthers, but they fail to realise we have over 10 million members all around the globe. See what you did there. My husband has just come home from hospital, says Texter, ending 224 and has bladder problems. I was astounded to discover there's only one continent's nurse to cover the whole of the Isle of Man. And one text message that's come in several pieces, so I'm just going to try and get this right. Talked to Laurie Hooper yesterday about maternity services on the island. He assures me the DHSC has not budgeted for community midwifery services for home births and has no intention of doing so going forward as there is no money. Can Manx Radio clarify if there has been any budgeting for this service or is it a staffing issue, as their press release to you last week claimed? If we can't find basic services for women to give birth, how do government expect to grow the population. Brings us neatly to the end of the programme. Thank you so much for all your calls, comments and contributions today. We've made it, as I say, to the end of the week and this programme will be shortly available as a podcast download. Um, And just quickly, one more text that's come in... Ending 459, has Andy Wint been suspended for talking about Michelle Moan and Douglas Barryman as he was never mentioned he was going on holiday? I've mentioned his holiday several times. I can assure you he's on holiday till next Friday. He will be back the following Monday. Normal service will be resumed. And if you think of anything you'd like to talk about while the man in line isn't on air, 682-631, you can leave a message and somebody will get back to you or we will play that message out on air. Whatever you're doing over the weekend, have a great one. Enjoy the fact it is going to be a little bit warmer. Chrissy D is up next with 123. Have a great afternoon. Mm-hmm.